Welcome to Show Me Your Mic, a podcast about podcasting, which, as you may know, you can find online at goodstuff.fm slash smym or on Twitter at smym underscore fm. I'm your host, Chris Anson. For this episode, I've got Aaron Mankey. Aaron's only about six episodes in, as of this recording, to his new podcast, Lore, a bi-weekly podcast about the history behind scary stories. But his attention to all the details of producing a story-driven podcast has resulted in unexpected but definitely well-deserved attention and popularity. We chat about all the work that goes on in producing an episode of Lore and, and also where he's hoping to take it. Lots of great stuff in this episode, so enjoy my conversation with Aaron. It's different than the normal stuff you bump into out there for sure. So Yeah, and especially um, in our... Well, let's just make this the show because we're... Yeah. I, I, yeah. This is, when, when Dave and I do homework, we're, we're always... We spend like 15 minutes beforehand before we hit record and we, we realize, okay, we just talked for 10 minutes about show stuff. Let's just do this on the show. Yeah, so, exactly. That's why yeah, I hit happens. record as soon as I called you because I know that's... Yeah. One lesson <laughs> I've learned, if anything, in podcasting with these 80-some episodes of this show anyways is just hit record. <laughs> don't, yeah, yeah. don't wait. So let's talk about homework first just to sort of get that one not out of the way. It's a... You have a hundred, like I said, 162 episodes of the show as of this recording. So it's a big chunk of work, obviously, but yeah. it's probably something that folks will be generally more familiar with in the world of podcasting. But what's, what is that show about and what, what are you doing with it? Well, so homework was born out of, um, uh, my friend, Dave Kahlo and I, Dave, um, he wrote for 10 years over at the unofficial Apple weblog, um, otherwise known as Tua. Um, he now writes over at appleworld.today, um, a phenomenal writer and editor and uh, he works from home. I mean, that's just, that's how he's done it. He was a telecommuter working for AOL to write on uh, the unofficial Apple weblog. And uh, I, I'm a freelance designer, so I work for myself from home. So we both kind of have the same basic work setup, except that um, I work for myself and he works for somebody else. And uh, until recently when he went uh, full-time uh, freelance on his own as well, thanks to AOL doing that thing that companies like to do and yeah. shutting them down. Um, so yeah, a little over three years ago, Dave and I were talking and said, uh, you know, it'd be really good to, to just see if we could try doing a show. I don't know how long it can last. And I was thinking, you know, maybe we get a year out of this or, you know, in, you know, a couple dozen episodes or whatever, and just talk about what challenges we have and solutions we have for working from home efficiently. And here we are 162 episodes in and, uh, it's fantastic. You know, we're on the five by five network. Um, we've got a lot of good, um, other shows around us. And, uh, and, and a lot of, uh, listener interaction and stuff. So it's been really good. Nice. Yeah. And that's, uh, you take listener requests, submitted questions and stuff as yeah. well. And, yeah. Um, I, I highly recommend that. I mean, Google docs has such a great way to set up a, a nice little form for free if you've got a Gmail login. So, you know, set up a, a, a Google form for a podcast if somebody's doing one and, and just take submissions. It goes right into a spreadsheet. We can, you know, highlight the row that the question's on. So we know that's what we're talking about. Just from a like organizational standpoint, it's it's super easy. Yeah, so it's it's easy for you guys to share the doc. Obviously, do you use a a Google Doc as well to sort of organize your own internal show notes or whatever for the show as you prep for it? Or how does that work? Yeah, when the mood strikes, Dave and I are um, <laughs> we've done this enough that we will often say, "What are we talking about today?" Right, right, right before we're going to actually record. So, right, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's like lore that I do um, as my you know like my little fun project and, and homework are co just completely different animals in the way that they're made up and prepared for and delivered. So, yeah, that's why I think was so intriguing, uh, 
to have you on the show because it's the I feel like the homework podcast is probably familiar format to a lot of the listeners of this show anyways mm-hmm. lore would be that is obviously new newer for you and that style is definitely common these days but it's a lot of typically anyways you know big productions uh npr etc we're familiar with serial and you know like mm-hmm. where there's a lot of people involved in producing this as far as i could tell from quickly scanning the website this is the first time you and i have chatted so i i think it's just you behind lore if yeah. i'm not mistaken right so yeah it is yeah yeah <laughs> which is a little different than a team <laughs> it is yeah i mean i'm, I'm definitely not serial you know <laughs> as far as the the bankroll and the the staff and everything goes so right. it's yeah. it there's a lot on my shoulders so talk to me i guess about where the, the idea for this podcast came from first of all and we'll get into the how it comes out each time <laughs> a second. I guess. Well, you know, as I said, I, I'm a full-time designer, so I do a lot of like icons and logos and UI and things like that. That's what I do as, as my job, help a lot of businesses with their marketing things. But where's your, you, have, you can put a that? plug for your website if you want. Oh yeah, yeah. sure. It's wet frog studios, there you, go. Um, yeah. you know, um, wetfrogstudios.com. And I've been around for oh, almost 10 years now doing that kind of stuff. So, uh, the original Mac, uh, minimal Mac logo is mine. Um, the original drafts icon for, remember, you know, the drafts app that everybody loves to use. The original was my icon. Um, and I still miss that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, um, so I, you know, you, you have to have a hobby though. So you have to have something that you love to do. And my hobby is writing fiction. I like to write supernatural thrillers. So, um, I've, I've, um, put two books out that are available on Amazon. I've got a third that's coming out next month. And that's how I fill my, my spare time is by writing. And, you know, you get into the world of self-publishing and, trying to find a way to get more book sales and spread the word. And one of the things you bump into a lot is people will say, well, you've got to build a mailing list. And, and, and I realize that that's advice that exists outside of the publishing industry too. You know, you've got to build a mailing list for X, Y, and Z, whatever it is, podcasting even. Um, so, and, and it's a good way to stay in contact with your, with your listeners slash readers, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, and then the other advice I heard was, well, you have to have something to give them to sign up, you know, some sort of incentive to, to jump on the list. And, uh, so I, I started thinking about it and I write these, I write these fun, you know, thrillers with a supernatural bent. And in the process of writing them, I do a lot of research and bump into a lot of great stories and legends and creatures. And I decided since I live in new England, which is, and, and, I, and literally I'm, I'm in old Salem village, which is where the Salem witch trials began. Um, I'm just, you know, 10 miles away from Salem, the city, where the trials and the executions happened and it's a real rich area for, for history and lore and things like that. So I, uh, I thought, you know, what better giveaway than to, for me to write up like my, my top five new England myths, you know, just things that are interesting to people that, that have a supernatural bent to them, but, but to also look at the historical background in them so that it's not just a fantasy read. It's more of a, you know, wow, some of this stuff actually happened or, or some of these things that happened, there's, there's a kernel of truth at the, at the bottom of it. That's, that's actually there, you know? Um, so I wrote this thing. I, I wrote, I got four of the five of them done. I was, I was running out of time on the, the other one. And I, I guess I started to feel some doubt, you know, that is anybody going to download this? Is anybody going to read it? And, and, you know, what, like half a dozen people are going to finally get this thing after all this work. Um, so I, I don't know why I just had the idea. Maybe if I, just recorded these five stories as audio digestible things that people could download them. And then that's where it went. Nice. So that's, it just kind of was born from there. So lore was actually, it makes some people get um, a little irritated when I tell them this, but 
I mean, it's been incredibly successful and beyond any, obviously by what I just told you, I had no expectations at all. <laughs> I thought some of my friends had passed the audio link around, you know, through Dropler or whatever. And uh, I decided to put it on iTunes as a podcast and, and just see, I thought I'd burn out after a couple episodes. Um, but it was all written. The, the, the first episode that's in iTunes, um, uh, called they made a tonic, um, is about, um, some stuff that happened in Rhode Island. That's just fascinating, fascinating stuff. And it was all written. I just had to edit it a little bit because when you write for reading, you write a little different than you write for uh, spoken word. Mm -hmm. And so I had to edit just, you know, sometimes you throw in contractions because it flows easier off the tongue, things that sound more natural and less awkward. Mm -hmm. Um, I did that editing, recorded it, decided to lay some music underneath the track, um, spaced it out a little bit for pacing and was done all within about two hours. So it was, it was one of those, you know, f moments where you're just working in a flurry. Let me, let me just get this idea off my chest. And in one evening I had it done and, uh, yeah, then I went and, and uh, built the website and, and said, all right, you know, put, put the sign out and here we go. We're, yeah. we're live. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think what's interesting is you're, um, I, I was following along sort of scanning through your tweets, which now you're, like you said, you're, we're, you're at episode six now, but, um, mm -hmm. you're, you're tweeting, you know, uh, where is it here? 2000 over 2000 downloads per hour is normal right and uh <laughs> often which i'm assuming that's talking about the podcast right and yeah yeah as that, I was, scan that, it. Was, that was yesterday's launch yeah and so which often podcasters there's this inherent kind of like uh bashfulness or false humility or, or whatever pr uh, privacy about download numbers and and listener numbers and you know all the stats and i guess it, there's you don't want to be bragging too much or whatever but I'll, it's just kind of interesting and fun to read along I guess as you're going through this like and hearing your side of it too and knowing that it's it was kind of just an experiment and a maybe 10 people will listen or or whatever kind of idea and have it yeah, sort of explode sure. in your face a bit is kind of fun um but I guess when you're did you release it as the book as well still or just you just no. went just audio I just went audio you yeah. know um so I do a lot of layout design I'll have companies that hire me to do annual reports you know large format um books and, and I, and I also lay out books for authors. So I, I like putting words on a page and making them look nice, um, in, you know, in normal parlance. And, um, so <laughs> I, I, you know, I had a friend who said, you should do a transcript of these, of these episodes. And I said, I do, you know, and I sent him a link to the first one. And he, the, the comment that he said was, um, wow, you painted the back of the fence. You know, a lot of people who do show transcripts, just they, they take the text, somebody transcribes it for them or, mm. Yeah. You know, they, they do their best. They throw it in Word and they put up a nice blank, you know, PDF that's just black and white. But but mine, I like to make sure that the font looks good, that links are clearly links. Um, they're branded to the color scheme from the website and it's got a logo in there and it looks good. So um, initially what I was doing was offering a PDF transcript. It just, you know, spit out of Apple's Pages program. Nothing immensely fancy. Um, that was on the website to download. And uh, a couple of weeks in, I decided that, you know, maybe this is something that I could get onto Patreon and see if people wanted to support me there. And a transcript made sense as a reward. So now the only way to get the transcript for free is to get on, and here we have come full circle, get on a mailing list <laughs> and, and, and I'll, I'll email it to you. And it still looks fantastic. It looks pretty much the same as it does in, in pages. Um, but my Patreon backers, if they give me a dollar a month, I send them the what used to be on the website, the, the nice pages laid out one. And then for people who are five bucks or higher, I've been doing a premium one where I jump into InDesign and I basically make a magazine out of the, out of the transcript. I bring in photos that, you know, either 
highlight some of the facts or they were inspiration for some of the tales and um, it, it provides a bit more mood and it, it just has a more professional feel to it. So that's been really fun to do. Cause I like, I mean, I'm a designer. I like, I like doing those things. Yeah. Which, I mean, you could argue, I guess that it makes it somewhat easier for you to then offer those things as rewards. Cause I was going to say for podcasters, uh, looking at through your Patreon page, there's a, it's a great, um, collection of ideas that I think, I don't know, traditional podcasters might not have thought of as being a reason, a thing to offer uh, for a reward or for membership or whatever your situation might be, whether you're using Patreon yeah. or whatever, but, um, you know, a, well, the, you know, a physical thing, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, or so PDF. yeah, one of the rewards at $10 a month, I decided I, because, because I published my own fiction and I, I help other people put together things like, you know, eBooks for Kindle and, and Nook and all that. I know how all of that works and it's part of my job. So what a great way to offer a reward to somebody than to take you know, the full year's worth of transcript text, lay it out in a paperback book and send them that, that paperback book as a reward. And then they've got something that's on their shelf and, you know, and it can say something like, you know, like the lore 2015 anthology and all the transcripts are in there. And it, 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 you know, because of the cost restrictions to print on demand, you can't do color images and whatnot, but just getting the text in there would be super helpful. So, um, and then obviously eBooks as well and eBooks, you can do hyperlinks and, and make them a little bit more interactive. Uh, so yeah, those were, but see I, th- what it comes down to is a difference in, in genre. You know, I, I don't think that a tech talking heads show <laughs> can take a three hour show and do a transcript and, and have it be desirable or interesting. Plus it's not timeless. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's material that two or three weeks later sometimes isn't even worth listening to anymore because they're talking about an iOS update or, yeah, exactly. you know, and there's nothing wrong with that kind of stuff. Cause I know a lot of people really like the intricacies of, of that, of that tech scene, but, but what you get out of like what the scraps on the floor aren't as um, <laughs> reward worthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, so exactly. my, my transcripts and that's the way my, my lore episodes start is I write them first. I write them to be spoken um, I read them through a couple times and then I, I hit record, you know, and then I, mm-hmm. I, I do what I can to make it as professional as possible. So, yeah, well, and that's like, um, I'll probably say in the intro of this show, but it was a sort of a last minute scheduling thing that got us together on this show. And so I haven't listened mm-hmm. to all the episodes, but the half of the sixth episode as of this recording, anyways, I listened to is great production quality. And, uh, and I was going to say for folks who have maybe never thought about the idea of scripting and sometimes podcasters think of scripting as a bad word, maybe, and like it takes away the spontaneity of what you're about to do or whatever. And it, you know, it's each kind of show is different obviously and whether it works or not. But I know for myself when I've tried that and, and uh, I was recently on, got accepted into the listserv and wrote an email on there and I thought, Oh yeah, I like podcasting. Why don't I also record an audio version of this email and put it out on one of my other shows dailyish And it was just a unique experience to actually read it out loud, which I wouldn't have normally done uh, right. when I wrote it. And then, and then getting the response from people who were like, Hey, it was great to hear your voice, you know, saying this stuff that I was reading. And I'll, mm-hmm. you know, obviously there's a promotional angle of <laughs> hoping well, a yeah, few of the 20,000 people would check out the podcast, but, but um, yeah. And for like, you know, we've done it maybe for ad reads and stuff for segments of your show, if you've done that. But, um, but yeah, I love, I love that idea of thinking it through in writing and then, reading that yeah. out and yeah. Yeah. I think some of the complaints that people have about ad reads and, you know, maybe on ad reads for specific companies that they hear a lot of ad reads from, um, is that it feels like an ad read. And 
part of that to me, this is just my personal opinion, but I think part of that is preparation. You know, if you Mm -hmm. could just take the time to take the script that the sponsor gives you, number one, ask them if you can, if you can tweak that, you know, let them know I have, you know, my audience is unique to my show. Can I craft this just a little bit to fit the style that I, the style of my diction, the style of my audience. And that, that alone can help it be less read like. Um, And then, you know, if you, if you know the material well, you should be able to speak it in a way that doesn't sound like you're reading from a script. I mean, I've, I've, I'm, I do that thing where I read reviews of my own podcast in iTunes. Adam Savage from the Mythbusters, he's got a great podcast, one of my favorites, and he calls that cutting. <laughs> you know the <laughs> the term for people who cut themselves to feel the right. pain, and yeah, yeah. He, reading your own reviews according to him is cutting, and and I I can see that. Um, but a lot of people will say it doesn't sound scripted whatsoever, you know, and 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 I'm glad to hear that because. If you write it right, those are two different spellings, <laughs> yeah. then it will, it will roll off the tongue a lot more conversationally and naturally. And uh, of course, when I'm talking on homework or even on here, I'm off the cuff. I'm talking a little faster than I normally do I'm on Lore. With, with Lore, I, I've got pages up on the screen. I've got GarageBand next to it and I, I can hit record and I can, before I start, I can take a deep breath and I can just pace myself and take my time. Because part of, I mean, part of storytelling is pacing and bringing people into a, a, a paragraph or a tale um, at the right speed. So I'm able to do that a bit more with lore. So maybe talk like obviously uh, without going too far down the writer's rabbit hole, I guess, or trail, <laughs> um, but with when you're writing out your script for an episode, what mm-hmm. is the process that like, do you just sort of, I guess, yeah, talk me through the process of going from draft to be, just before you hit record, um, but actually in the writing process of the script. For me, a lot of things start in Evernote. So I use that to capture, um, I'll use the web clipper in Safari on my, on my, you know, my laptop or my desktop and I'll, I'll grab articles about, so I'll, I'll pick a topic and I've got a list of topics for future episodes and I'll say, all right, what's the next one I'm working on? And then I'll just do, you know, a ton of research. And a lot of times, I don't know why, but this is when it happens. I'm, I'm laying in bed at night with my phone in front of me and I can still do that because of the nice, um, uh, whatever they call it, Extensions the, the, or the yeah. Sh- yeah, the sharing yeah. tray with, yeah, yeah. with with Evernote in there. So I'll just grab lots and lots of links, and then the next phase for me is just to read everything. I just read all the all the stuff that I found, and and I've got to weed out the the crackpots from the you know the good historical stuff. I'm dealing with cryptozoology and mythology and monster stories, and of course, there's just there's a lot of crackpot stuff. Right. Um, but my goal at the end is to have a full grasp of what we know about a certain topic. And then sit down and put together a real rough outline. And then the outline, I then, I might research certain points of it deeper to flesh those out uh, sometimes. And, and I don't have a lot of data to work off of because I only released episode six yesterday. But um, what will happen frequently is I will sit down with an outline, I'll start writing, and then I'll realize the entire episode needs to be about one of those five bullet points. And I just have to toss the rest out the window. Mm. Um, and that, that happened with episode seven, which I've actually written and finished um, production. It's just waiting to go live in two weeks. Um, I, I sat down expecting to write one thing and had, it ended up being something completely different. And that, that happens sometimes. Sometimes you just have to let the material guide you that way. Um, so I'll write it, I'll print it out, um, and then I'll edit it with a red pen because that's how I like to edit stuff. And then I'll type my corrections in and read through it a couple times. Reading through it for me lets me know a couple things. It lets me know how long the episode might be. And um, that will, and then each segment has a, a rough length 
depending on how slowly I read it. And that will tell me how long of a song do I need to cover that segment. And I tend to do, you know, one track per segment. Right. Yeah. Okay. There's a few things to unpack there. I'm trying to remember now. I was making notes, but um, going back to say Evernote, just for Mm -hmm. a second, it's one of those tools for me. And maybe this is a selfish question. I should, maybe listeners are already well beyond me on this, but like the actual um, specifics of how you use it, where you're, I understand the idea of throwing links into there, but then as you, let's say you find an article that's good and then you find an article that's bad. What Mm -hmm. do you do with those two tracks, paths you can go down, I guess. Does that make sense? Uh, kind of. I mean, I, I usually end up deleting the old, the bad stuff, uh, unless it's, unless it provides me a little bit of fodder for future fiction, then I'll, I'll move it to a different folder in Evernote where it, it can exist as, you know, like fiction research. Um, but th- those, all, all of those articles that are for the current episode sit at, they kind of float, you know, how Evernote will sort things based on when you've last edited them. Right. And, and, and what I'll do is I'll go through and highlight with the highlight tool in, in the same app. I'll highlight paragraphs that are really important, um, which causes them to keep floating to the top. So they're always there. And then, uh, when the episode's done, I'll, I'll, I'll tag them, uh, with specifics to the, the episode topic. And then I'll move them to a folder where they just go into cold storage. Nice. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I'm, That's, yeah. A, I'm an organizational freak. I love <laughs> putting things in boxes and folders and I'm still, I mean, you know, I realized Apple wants everybody to just put everything in one big documents folder and then search and filter. And I can't do that. I'm a nested folder for life and that's just how I am. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you on that one too, for sure. And uh, that was just always a thing for me. There was nothing, I couldn't figure out a good workflow, I guess, with Evernote to like, in which adding a specific tag to a note or whatever after the fact, once you've decided where it should go, mm-hmm. makes complete sense. And, uh, and that would actually, that does actually help me with thinking about how I should be using it sometimes. And cause I never understood how people use it with, with it. Cause it feel, felt like this sort of clunky gooey to organize stuff in for me, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, each to each their own, obviously we don't need to. Well, the beauty of tags too, is that something can be, it can be relevant to, you know, multiple topics. Yeah. And you, all you have to do is get yourself to commit to one place to put it, you know, that, 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 um, I, I tend to import things like when you use the web clipper, let me just hit the, the hot key, which is the key right underneath the escape key that, what do they call that? The tilde? tilde? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I hit that and, and the, the web clipper pops up um, and I'll tag things with what I think are relevant tags. I'll, I'll have it organized to the folder I want it to go, which is my lower folder. Um, but I always do the simplified article if I can, because it gets rid of a lot of the crap on the web pages. Um, and just saves me the text. Sometimes the way that the page is formatted, because remember, again, I'm working with, spooky stories and people tend to get really creative. Uh, <laughs> I, I use air quotes yeah. for, for the word creative <laughs> with how they design their web pages. you know, like black background with yellow text and weird things. So I, sometimes I have to go with the full article because it won't grab the text otherwise. Right. Um, yeah. So that's, that's just, that's how it is. And, 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 you know, once it's in there, as long as you have a place to put it, tags will help you find anything. It's so great. Yeah. And then um, writing a script and how, like sort of preparing the script again up until you hit record, how long is that process so far? Anyways, uh, six episodes in, obviously. It's it's proven to be like the writing of it is usually a three to four hour process um, to get it from outline to polished, you know, nugget mm-hmm. to, to be read out loud. And then the the actual reading, recording, and then producing is maybe another hour, hour and a half. So they're short episodes, you know, I'm talking 20 minutes and that's about it. Yeah. But again, that's where I think folks who don't, who, who've maybe tried podcasting and feel like what you're doing is either, well, I don't know, either I could see people being in two camps of like, 
that's pretty easy. Just puts like talks for 15 minutes about something, no big deal. Or in like the holy crap, that must take forever <laughs> camp, those two right. extremes of it. And, uh, and realizing it's sort of somewhere in the middle of, you know, five to six hours kind of, but for a end product, that's about 15 to 20 minutes, um, which it shows in the, in the polish of the episode, but that I, I think would help folks anyways, um, listeners of this show anyways, who maybe are thinking about experimenting with something a little more produced or researched than just the ter- sort of typical, you know, interviewer show like this or off the cuff tech podcast or whatever, just trying to get a gauge for what's actually going to be required of you to, to do something like that. And obviously you get better with it over time and, but it still mm-hmm. just is going to take time. <laughs> yeah, do. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and it's about caring about all the parts. You know, you could, you could find somebody who, who, who says, oh, I could research that kind of stuff, you know, and maybe they could even write a, you know, seven or eight page paper on that topic. But caring about the delivery too is, mm-hmm. is, is super important. At the, at the end of the day, when somebody hits play in their podcast app, what they're listening to is the level of quality of your production and your delivery and the, the research that went into an episode it kind of comes into play, but I feel like that melts into the background a little bit more. Right. It's, you know? But it is one of those things where, especially in this, um, I don't know if genre is the right word of podcasts, but because um, obviously you could have a subgenre, I guess. Of, <laughs> right, right. But whatever we call this sort of produced or whatever kind of podcast, it it really falls flat pretty quickly if the research isn't there, even though the audio yeah. is good or whatever. And and it seems like other podcasts, uh, you know, like we've sort of harped on a bit of the tech podcast, which again, I love, I love listening to those too. That's yeah. And that, that would be a natural thing for me to even just start doing as a, as a podcast is that idea. Cause it would be easy air quotes to do, like not easy to do really well, but easy to mm-hmm. do. Cause I could just, just like I talk with my buddies about Apple's latest thing or whatever. Um, but this kind of podcast, it feels like if the music is wrong, that, the research is weird and not doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. Doesn't flow. There's a lot of elements where it can just fall pretty quickly if it's if they're not all supported equally well. So yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it, and you just can't write something that gets the facts in too. I mean, I I, I sometimes have to force myself to remember that this is it's it's factual. The, yeah, there's story. There's eyewitness accounts. You can't say that all of this is completely factual, but um, but I have to write it like fiction. I have to write it with this with the the inclination of what can I use to hook people into the story, keep them interested. And then what can I give them as that final little bit at the end that, that makes them, you know, have that aha moment of, Oh, wow, that makes sense now. And then the episode's over and now you want more, you know, right. and it's, yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's, that's what an author does. That's what, that's what, you know, you're writing short stories or novels or whatever. That's, that's your goal is to, you want people to end that story even if there's low points in the middle of it, you know, you want them to end that story by saying, wow, I didn't see that coming. I want more of that, you know? And so hopefully that's what's happening with, with this show. Right. Cause I mean, obviously you could, you could just end with like, here's the facts about, uh, yeah. whatever, asylums nice and cold. And, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> and then come back next time and we'll talk about something else. But, but yeah, yeah and I, maybe I didn't, I didn't get to the end, so I didn't get the hook yet, <laughs> but I'm still hooked. So. Well, and, and what I, what I really discover, I didn't go into this thinking about this, but, but all these episode topics, there is an element of, uh, of anthropology and, and just study of, of human culture that's, ha- that's happening while you do this. I mean, myths and legends and horror stories and all these things that get passed down through the, through the centuries, these, they're all, 
reflections of some quality of humanity, you know, and, and that's what I didn't expect when I was doing these. And so it's kind of become standard for me to take a moment in an episode and point out, you know, maybe, maybe we're believing this thing because of this flaw within our character, you know, and, and, you know, I don't know how deep you've gotten into the newest episode, but, you know, the talk of uh, Dr. Freeman and the lobotomies and his practice and what he did, this idea that, you know, some people still don't believe in monsters. And yet here was this guy who did these things, you know, without spoilers, who, who all, for all intents and purposes was a monster, you know? And so we might say, I don't believe in monsters, but the real monsters are the people around us. <laughs> they always have been. So for me, that means I've got a lot of story material. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a creepy one to unpack that, that thought, but yeah. it, I mean, it's true in terms of the, the, without going really bizarre, whatever, but the even sexual assault and things that people mm-hmm. hear about, they're worried about some stranger, but actually the stats show that's more often than not someone, you know, and so just that idea, right. which, um, that's a whole nother podcast, a whole other discussion, but no, but I mean, yeah, you, you would think that a podcast about the history behind scary stories would be just that, but in a lot of ways, it's also, uh, and I didn't intend it and I'm not qualified to do it, but it, but it, it, it has become kind of an analysis of human nature. Yeah. And, that's interesting. Uh, and that's, it's fun. It, it's, and, and I don't, I don't necessarily set out to say, all right, what do I want to say about human nature in this episode? I just go with the material and, and the topic that I want to research. You know, if I'm going to do like, you know, the Jersey devil or something, I'll, I'll research all I can about that. But, but after I've read everything, I'm going to walk away with a feeling of, you know, whatever it is about that topic that, that's really clear about human nature, some flaw, some, some need, some, um, mistake or whatever. And so. does with, within that, I guess I was going to ask you about sort of the idea of, um, you know, this created work now, episode six, let's say, or episode five, whichever one, but, um, as being complete, but then there's, you know, new information could come to light and I guess you could just do a revise or a new version or episode 25 or whatever would be a, <laughs> let's go back and talk about this again or whatever. But as a writer, I guess you have familiarity with that where you're putting out a book and it's done, even though, you know, two months later you might be like, oh shoot, I should have talked about X, Y, or Z instead of, or, you know, or whatever. Is that kind of, do you have sort of, <laughs> I don't know what it would be called, editor's regret maybe of <laughs> when you've published an episode and then find something else that you should have included or... Is that not- I haven't, I haven't experienced that yet. What, what I'm experiencing right now is telling, like if I was to sit down and say everything and, you know, say I didn't give myself a time cap. I, I didn't say, you know, 20 minutes is nothing. I'll, I'll just keep talking. I, I'm afraid of eating up. I'm afraid of eating up in a small dose, a topic that could be its own episode. Um, you know, when I right. did, when I did the, the episode three, which was on werewolves, um, there's a story that I just couldn't include because it so clearly represents a very different topic, even though it's about werewolves, that I had to save that for that topic down the road. Um, I just knew I'm going to be able to get a whole topic out of this idea. I can't use this werewolf story because it's just too good to waste as a small illustration now. It needs to be a big illustration later. And what I noticed that when I was writing it, and now I've just become a little bit more paranoid about that. And I think, all right, should I use this part for this thing? Because if I if I do, it's done. But if I save it, does it fit into anything else down the road? 
And right. I used so many non-specifics in that statement that I don't know if it made any sense. But <laughs> no, I know what so. you mean because you could. I mean, well, I'm sorry, I'm I'm getting distracted now because I'm reading this title of uh, or the description of episode three, which is just says just to tease listeners and maybe let them go check it out. Is in, 19, in 1582, the German town of Edberg was ravaged by a violent and mysterious creature. After untold bloodshed, the townsfolk. This is where we need your music to background this. But the townsfolk <laughs> took up arms and hunted the monster down. What they found was something out of our deepest nightmares and entirely too close to home, which is like, okay, I just want to stop our interview to go listen, <laughs> which is great. But yeah, it, there's, I can understand what you're saying though, in terms of like, I could, the one segment that you're talking about could actually be broken down into further, which I mean, bringing that out back into podcasting stuff, you know, as we, as I talk with guests about one thing, microphones or whatever and get too far down that road i could just have a soda <laughs> microphones instead of yeah yeah is <laughs> etc yeah and that's that would be a, a struggle but then i think you're also in this medium that's very forgiving right where you and people are jumping in at random points too and so episode 15 might be someone else's first episode they listen to and it's actually a referral back to okay werewolves in whatever north america or something right <laughs> that right. builds off of that or it goes a little deeper than you did the first time around or something like that or new information has come to light um but but yeah that would be a struggle yeah. um i re- referencing the music and you, you talked about it earlier of having sort of one song per section how do you go about this eternal podcaster dilemma of music that's legal and appropriate and not super expensive and there's probably another variable, but going with those three anyways, how are you overcoming that with, like you said, uh, I, I don't know how many per episode, but on a 15 minute show or whatever, you're probably four or five songs yeah. you know, per episode. You know, a lot of times it's as simple as going to someplace like, um, SoundCloud and, and doing searches for creative commons music and, and then getting into the genre that you need it to be. And I, I, you'll notice if you listen to a number of episodes, I, I kind of prefer kind of that instrumental nine inch nails kind of, you know, low key, um, sound. And, uh, in fact, episode three, right around that time I realized, um, and I don't know if you're a huge Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails fan, but, um, he put out an album a few years ago called Ghosts and it's a four disc, um, kind of experiment in instrumental, uh, sound. And it's, it's fantastic. And it's creative commons. I mean, he released it and said, you know, go and do stuff with it. Just, just attribute it. So, um, right. For episode three, I was actually able to use some nine inch nails and, uh, and lay the audio on top of that. Um, and I had some people on Twitter who were like, wow, you got Trent Reznor to do the music for your show. And I'm thinking, no, I didn't. <laughs> but that's <laughs> he, great that you think he was, he's this kind of artist who's, yeah. he just believes in, you know, music belongs to everybody. I'm going to put that out there. Of course, you know, he, he's wealthy enough to be able to afford an opinion like that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he put out ghosts and said, Hey, this is creative commons. And, uh, he, he's even said he, he hopes to get back to that project and do more, more sets of that stuff. So, um, it's good. Some of the tracks aren't usable cause there's, you know, the, the rhythm's too heavy or there's too much screeching guitar or whatever, but you, know, you find good stuff in there and, uh, and that's what it's about. And just kind of setting a tone and a song might be good for one portion of an episode, you know, maybe like the, just the, the, you know, we're in safe territory. I just want to share some historical data with you kind of segment. But but then when things kind of turn that dark corner and they get a little bit more real and, and frightening, the music has to change tone, you know? And so some, some weeks I really feel like I'm, like I'm scoring a, a Hollywood film, you know, in the sense that I'm trying to create emotion, not just with the words that I'm writing and saying, but also with the music I'm, I'm putting underneath it all. So. Yeah. And do you find, um, I guess you could go one of two ways with it where you could feel like you're either 
over manipulating the audience with music. I, I love, like, I, I find myself easily drawn into music and whether it's like just, you know, music you listen to, uh, bands yeah. or whatever, or actually like soundtracks from, from movies and TV shows and stuff and, and easily drawn into that stuff. And so then when I'm using music, whether I'm performing live or, or music elsewhere, I sometimes worry about sort of like playing to that, knowing that I, if I hit this chord here or whatever, it's just going to make a, it's emotional response or do you just sort of run with that and try and like, cause you, uh, the tendency or the, the impulse might be to just have like, you know, the horror strings in the background and the <laughs> whatever all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, how do you sort of balance that aspect when you're doing music production for the episodes? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to over, I don't want to stay my, overstay my welcome in that emotional um, realm, right. uh, you know, the entire episode. And so, you know, one of the things I have going for me is that because it's, it's, it's a light volume music of whatever I do pick underneath uh, the higher volume of my voice is that it, some people tune it out and some people don't. So um, it's not, I mean, it does create a mood. It's there. I think it's a little bit more subconscious because of that lower volume. And uh, that I still play with that from episode to episode. I'm just still trying to find that, that sweet spot of, of volume ratio between the background music and my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the benefits, by the way, of, of laying a soundtrack underneath every minute, almost every minute of your podcast is that, you know, those little things like, um, brushing your, brushing your hand on a desk or, or just, just the fizzle or the hiss of, cause I've got a condenser mic. I'm, I'm using a, a Yeti blue or blue Yeti, whatever the direction is. Um, Blue Yeti, Yeti Blue. Yeah, Blue Yeti, yeah. Um, and I, I, I need to upgrade my mic stuff, but you wouldn't know listening to my show because, all of the little, like if I think about like a photo, all the graininess is being covered up by the music underneath. And, and that's, you know, so it's, it's like a little safety net in some sense. It helps the quality seem just a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I've what, noticed on my, uh, my solo show that I do is just like an audio journal, five, 10 minutes or whatever an episode is that my intro music has slowly crept longer and longer because <laughs> it's just, it's, it, it is nice when I listen back. It's like, it is. okay, I don't have to hear that like moment or whatever that I breathe or that I whatever, yeah. you know, bang the desk or something. And it just covers a multitude of, of little audio <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, audio engineers will probably laugh at this and say, oh, well, of course, but, but somebody like me, who's just such an amateur with this thing, there is nothing more satisfying than managing a fade out on background music underneath your voice to the point where you just, you know, the music was there and you know, it's not there anymore, but you didn't notice it go away. And, right. and, and that is an art like, and yeah. I'm not good at it yet, but I'm getting better at it. And and it, it, it's just a really cool feeling when you, when you listen to it back and you're, you realize, wow, I've actually managed to transition that music out pretty well. Yeah. So. I've told, I can totally identify with that spending way too long, like filling with what <laughs> I'm sure nobody, like 90% of the audience wouldn't even notice, but like, okay, should it be a three second fade or a 15 second fade? And yeah. is it dumb when it's like, and I'm sure it's worse for you and I, when you're like, and when anybody who's editing their own voice where you're just like even that much more whatever on edge or something, but cause I know right. when I've done it with video work and, you know, mixing audio there, I don't really obsess the same way. Cause it, when an audio drops, it's like, Oh, it's just somebody talking, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. Your voice, you're kind of like extra self-conscious about it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the one thing I wanted to come back to just for a second was SoundCloud. Um, and you mentioned like doing the creative common search. Is it, is it fairly common on SoundCloud for folks who aren't familiar with it, um, for people to either have their track freely available and just need retribution or at, retribution, attribution. <laughs> retribution. I don't want the retribution, <laughs> yeah, but exactly. um, SoundCloud's, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the way they organize their site. So 
um, the only time I've been able to find tags and somebody could probably, they're screaming at their computer right now saying, Oh, it's easy to find the tags, but I have to like search just general search terms in, in the search field. And then off to the left, I can see like a filter by tag kind of thing. And it'll list all the tags that pop up in the search results and you can click on one and it filters it. Um, so searching is a little bit more difficult, but, but a ton of artists will have, you know, multiple albums worth of songs out and then they'll make one or two per album downloadable for free. And, you know, the, the, just the overall site, uh, culture is just, just make sure you point back to that artist when you use it and give them the props for that song. Um, some people have, um, buy links where you can go to iTunes and buy the track. Uh, I still think that even if you've bought it, you need to point out, you know, this is the person and the artist and the, the, the song title that I've used. Um, and, uh, even if I had to buy every song for every episode, um, I'd be fine. Patreon is, you know, I'm not making you know, bazillion dollars for Patreon, but uh, you know, I'm approaching the $200 mark per month, which is kind of weird to think. And, uh, a lot of people want those transcripts evidently. Yeah. And, that's awesome. And so, you know, if I wanted to buy every track every week, I could, I still would feel like I need to then point it out to people. Um, I just as a, an aside, I, I do the lore website on Squarespace and I've been, uh, what I do is I put the episodes up as like a blog post and I in. I input the, um, there's an audio widget that you can drag in. And then I, I put the Libsyn, uh, file location in there and then it, so it sets up the audio player. And I used to just say like, you know, music by Kyle and Kai angle. And then that hyperlink will take you to a SoundCloud account, but that's, that doesn't, um, that doesn't help you find the exact songs in the show. So on episode six, that just came out yesterday. I, I put soundtrack playlist available here and I've got a hidden blog that's running on the website as well that will have um, basically music from episode whatever. And then I'm using the actual SoundCloud widgets that are stock in Squarespace. And so you go there and the one, two, three, four, five, there's five of them right there that that's literally the songs in the same order that they appear in the episode. And there's links to go right to the page and clearly you can follow the artist and check out their other stuff. And there's some amazing, amazingly talented people on the SoundCloud. Yeah, so, that's awesome. I had it, noticed that yeah. before on episode six, and that's uh, that's a neat way too of doing it because it's you wouldn't want it necessarily within the episode because it gets you know yeah, players yeah, and whatever it bogs but, it down. Yeah, but uh, but having that there is is great, and then folks can yeah find the artist and support them and find other music that's by them too. So, um, and you're also like okay, this is what it seems. And again, I guess you have the other show that has 160 whatever episodes. And so this isn't like, this is your first kick of the can with podcasting, but you also have it. You're selling a t-shirt. I noticed too, or is that? Yeah. Part? Yeah. And, yeah. And which is weird. Something that Dave and I have never really considered doing for homework, but we probably should, um, you know, it's Teespring. So it's, it's the, um, you know, the crowd, what, what, let me find the website, crowd, um, crowdfunding of a t-shirt yeah. uh, in a sense. Um, but it was weird. You know, I thought you'd have to set a campaign goal and I set it at like 50, but they tell you right out the gate that you just got to, you just got to get three orders and, and the shirt will print. So, okay. well, there you, go. Um, you know, I've got a lot of listeners and not a lot of people have been interested in the shirt, but 11 people <laughs> have been. So, yeah, that's why I thought it was worth, worth mentioning. And, and because I think again, like, a, a, because it's your, uh, what's the word? I'm stumbling over my words here. The, you're six episodes in, so it's not like you have this huge backlog of, and you're starting to do like traditionally, maybe by your 50th yeah. episode, you'd have the t shirt, and then you'd 75 episodes, you'd start the Patreon campaign or whatever. But, and I think, um, I'm saying this is a good thing that you're doing. Maybe it's coming out like I'm saying it's a bad idea that you're doing or something that you're jumping the gun or whatever. But I just mean it's good. And I think setting the groundwork and, and 
I don't know what your plans are long term for the series, but even if it is a if it's a 50 episode run or 25 episodes or 200 or whatever it ends up being, it still is a thing that's um, a packaged thing, like you said, with your book and the or the PDF transcripts and stuff. And it it just helps, I think, to establish this as a just the same way like um, your book would or whatever as yeah. a standalone thing that people can enjoy and be fans of and recommend. And yeah, I think it's all. Awesome. Yeah. I don't want people, I don't, maybe this is just a point of pride for me, but I, I like packaging things up. You know, I like to make sure that it's clear to people that this is legit. It's a, it's professional. And, you know, so lore has fallen into that same category for me. And, you know, I, I want it, I want the artwork to all feel like it all belongs together. I really think that, you know, it should have a t-shirt for people to wear. You know, there's the added word of mouth marketing to a t-shirt, but I'm not going to get a lot of benefits out of 11 people right. you know, out in, in, in the entire world wearing the shirts around. Yeah. Um, but, you know, people are constantly telling their friends, um, you know, I've got a buddy on Twitter who he had two friends who aren't on Twitter or, or at least don't float in the same circles. And so they don't know me. They don't know anything else. They just randomly bumped into lore, fell in love and told him about it. And he said, yeah, that's, that's my friend Aaron, you know? <laughs> so it's weird to hear stories like yeah. that. Um, I, I think one of the things you were hitting at was that it seems like I'm doing these things early. I think a lot of podcasts wait because they're waiting for, um, they're waiting for critical mass. You know, they're waiting for their numbers to hit a certain point or whatever. So, you know, like yeah. if you only have a thousand downloads per episode for an entire month, then putting out a shirt campaign probably won't be more than a frustration because out of the thousand people, you take 1% of that, maybe a hundred people will be interested or no, I'm sorry, maybe 10 people, but right. I'm so yeah. bad at math. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Math is hard. Um, <laughs> 10 people would be interested. And, and how many of those are actually going to buy that, that 1% is my general rule, by the way, like take your Twitter follower number, figure out what 1% of that is. And that's how many active engaged followers you have. And, uh, so I don't have a lot of those, <laughs> but, but the show, I, I, it has been doing really well. I mean, I, people don't often talk about their stats and I don't, I'm kind of shy with it as well, but you know, between episodes one and two, my daily download average was like 125 or so a day. Um, and then I put out episode two and it kind of went up into the, you know, close to 200 and, um, and then something happened around episode, I don't know, one, two, three, something happened around episode four where it just, I think part of it was it showed up in new and noteworthy on iTunes and words started to spread. And yeah, so now I've got, I, yeah, I'm dealing with something that's a bit different than I expected it to be. <laughs> yeah. And that's where uh, the new and noteworthy thing is one of those things where I think it, it's like a, it ha it's the right place, right time, right kind of show. Cause it being, I'm just mentioning this for podcasters who listen, because I know often it's held up as a thing to attain and it can work, yeah, but right. I know there's lots of podcasters I've talked to who their show is in new and noteworthy or we've and good stuff. We've had shows in new and noteworthy and it doesn't seem to do a thing. And then, so there's like obviously a, a, a bunch of variables there beyond just appearing, right? The great artwork obviously yeah, is one yeah. big thing. Having the, X amount the, of episodes, the show description, you know, how, how did yeah. you craft that show description? Um, yeah, things like that are super important, but you never think of it. You just think, Oh, I'm a new and noteworthy. I'm yeah. going to, you know, I'm going to have thousands of downloads today. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Cook <laughs> has listened to my episode, <laughs> but yeah. And, uh, I guess I touched on it a bit before what's sort of long-term plans for the series, uh, obviously knowing, you know, it's a lot of work to produce or, or it is work to produce an episode and, and that obviously takes time out of your day job, so to speak and things. So yeah. what are sort of your long-term plans for, for lore? Yeah. You know, um, I did an experiment, um, so two weeks ago, yesterday, episode five came out and I 
was moving on to write and record and produce episode six. And I said to myself, let's see how quickly I can get this done. Um, it was, it was interesting material for episode six. It was stuff that I knew really well already. Um, uh, Danvers state hospital, you know, the whole thing with insane asylums. And, um, and so I, I just, I put myself to the challenge of let me see what I can get done quickly. And I managed uh, in the two weeks between episode five and six coming out, I managed to write, record, and produce two episodes. So in theory, I could be weekly. You know that it, in theory, I, I can make those things happen. Um, the reality is that it just happened to be two weeks where um, I was in a lull with the freelance work. You know how some things, you know, mm. you wrap up a client project or you've sent off a draft and you're waiting for feedback. And so you have, you have spare time. I do a lot of freelance stuff in the evening. So, you know, you just fill that with, all right, well, I'm just going to research this topic and, and write this thing. And some topics are going to write easier than others. That's also a benefit to, to me getting them done. But I, but I think I've proven to myself that I could, I could at least, if the show paid me for my time so that I didn't have to, you know, spend other time doing work, then I I could potentially do this thing every week. Um, it is, it does seem a little, I don't know. I, I, you only get 20 minutes every two weeks. It seems like, wow, that was it. Now I've got to wait two weeks for that. You know, but then you look at a show like, you know, the memory palace with Nate DeMeo who, who could, I mean, sometimes he takes a month before episodes and the new episode comes out and it's five minutes long. You know, and and I know full well that those five minutes were hours of work for him, but but it's still from a listener standpoint, I, I get the disappointment of man, I wish that was longer and or I wish it was more frequent. So I would love to go weekly. I just don't want to burn out. And I also like there there aren't an unlimited number of topics. Right. You know, Apple's gonna continue to put out iOS updates, which is great, great topic material for all sorts of three hour talking head podcasts. And that's that's one thing I'm super jealous about for them is because they've constantly got topics just handed to them. You know, <laughs> some company bought another company. Let's talk about it for two hours. And you can do that. But there aren't frequently new werewolf stories or, right. you know, new, new monsters discovered that, you know, have a deep historical um, history or historical history. That's great. Yeah. I write, <laughs> I write well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my fear. You know, I would love to go weekly. I'd love to satisfy people. I just, I want to protect myself from burning out. I don't want it, the quality to go down. And I also don't want to run out of topics too quickly. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think the, the weekly idea, I think speaking from what little I know of you, but the, the genre anyways, and that style of, of listening, I think the, I don't know, there's something, uh, even with the, the sort of Netflix generation that we're in now, where like everything, you just get handed a right. lump of episodes. Yeah. There's something lost in that. And maybe this is just old man. Chris no, I, talking, I get but this. That, yeah. You know, that anticipation and then also the everyone talking about it because it comes out on the Tuesday or whatever day you're, you're releasing on. And, and then that, the water cooler discussion of, of that the week afterwards, sort of like, you know, like we talked about with cereal or whatever too, where um, that would happen. And I think, I don't know, I think the, especially this kind of show, I think people, the anticipation is greater than having a ton of content, especially when you think of like, like, right, this, <laughs> this is a podcasting uh, counseling session maybe, but when you think of right now where you've got six episodes, it feels like, oh man, I want to get 20 out there or whatever. And that would be quicker is to go weekly. But then, you know, in, in a few months when you've got that many episodes, whatever that is, we won't bother with the math, but the, yeah. you know, for someone starting fresh with your show, it's pretty daunting to have that many episodes, I think. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I put I, out episode one on 
oh, it was like the, it was like the middle to like third week of, of March. And I, I, it was about a week later I put out the second episode because I, I couldn't, I couldn't hold it back. It was I done. Yeah. I was ready to go. You know what? I just had to get it out there. Yeah. And um, as a good friend of mine, you know, Adam Clark. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, AV a. Clark. Is it avclark.com? Yes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was formerly involved with this. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. founder of this, um, but yeah. He, um, he, he's a good buddy. I chat with him about this stuff all the time. And he said, you know, Aaron, you just gotta, gotta pick a, pick a schedule and stick with it. Even though you want to put your stuff out, you know, more, more frequently, you've got to, you can't just put it out whenever you want because people begin to depend on a schedule. And, uh, and I think that's, that's, those are the two ends of that spectrum. You know, you talk about the Netflix culture and, you know, I binged on Daredevil. I'm not afraid to admit it. It was a fantastic show and it was all there for me to watch. But yeah. now it's done and I've got nothing. And I don't know when to look forward to new stuff. 2016, come on, I'll, I'll, I'll forget what happened by then. But, yeah. but doing a regular schedule is on the opposite end of that. It's not that more frequent but random. It's, it's, it's clockwork. You know, every two weeks, every Monday morning, a new episode comes out. I, I have episode seven ready to go. I could put it out tomorrow and I have to sit on that thing for the next, <laughs> you know, 13 days. Which that's where uh, I know I've had discussions with like Mike Hurley and uh, Relay and stuff about this, like just that uh, maybe it's a universal podcast or disease, but uh, it definitely seems to be one that's common is that like, okay, this is out. I just want to get it out there because I've worked so hard on this. So you got to hear it now and, and I want to hear people's responses and, and stuff. Right. But that's what I think too with your sh- your type of show is, it's, you know, emotionally, I don't know if draining is the right word, but it would be in the same way that watching like House of Cards and stuff where it's mm-hmm. just like intense all the time. Um, and not that you have all like that same kind of intensity necessarily, but that idea of like uh, it's emotionally draining in a different way than Apple Tech podcasts are obviously. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think you're on the right track. I, I, I have to agree with Adam uh, on that too, the the sort of scheduled thing. I, that's been the thing that I've impressed on people we work with here at Good Stuff too, is just that whatever you're going to set out to do, do that and just do that consistently is right. a goal, obviously, and things, life happens. And, and that's where having a, an episode in the can is kind of nice to just be able to, you know, all of a sudden your computer blows up next week or something, and but you can still publish an episode uh, even though you're right. not able to record one or whatever. So anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and next phase stuff for Laura as well involves sponsorships and I want to I want to do them right. I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't want a 17 minute ad read at the end of, <laughs> of an episode. And, and, and I mentioned this on Twitter maybe a week and a half ago or two weeks ago on the Laura account. I just asked people, I said, hey, you know, if it meant, you know, that these shows happen more often or if it meant that the show can continue as it is because it's funded, would you put up with a couple ads on the show? And everybody was, it was, it was like a unanimous yes. But the question came up, you know, where would you put them? And, and to me, an episode of lore is a story and I don't want to interrupt the story. So I would never do a mid roll. You know, I wouldn't say, right. And let's take a break and talk about Squarespace. You know, that's just not, I don't think that's the way that it should be done for this particular show. We do it on homework. You know, Dave and I, for the last month, I think we've had four sponsors per episode um, every week, which is fantastic. Um, But it means that, you know, we've got to watch the clock and every 12 minutes or so we have to say, hey, why don't we pause that and let's take a break for our sponsor and then we get right back into the topic. And it does break the flow a little bit. Yeah, Um, especially if you're... I'm just thinking, segueing from like talking about yeah. lobotomy to here's Squarespace with their new. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's good for the sponsor, and I don't think yeah. it's good for the story at all. So, I I could consider, you know, small thirty second pre rolls 
what is that what they call them? Pre-rolls, yeah. Yeah. Um, sweet rolls, something like that. Um, but, but I think what I would rather do is give a, give a client, you know, 45 to 60 seconds at the end, you know, when it's all done, when I'm doing my, you know, once you finish the episode, you'll hear that there's a little bit of silence with background music, no, no talking. And then, then I just, I let people know that Laura's a bi-weekly podcast. It's produced by me, Aaron Mankey. Um, I let them know that they can go to my website and look at my novels. Um, and they can, um, you know, you know, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, all the the basics. It's all done classy and and whatnot. And I want to continue to do if I bring in sponsors to do it that way. Um, so yeah. So and I, and I'm in talks with some sponsors right now. Um, we've just got to nail down rates and um, what episodes they want to book. So there is the potential that ho- uh, homework that uh, Laura <laughs> will be a a self sufficient podcast that um, could. Um, you know, pay for my time, which would be really nice. Yeah. And that's awesome. That's, that's great that you've, uh, you've hit on a, a great sort of, uh, nerve or whatever, as you were, as it were on uh, that people are really keen on and, and putting in the work and effort to be ready for the success that's going to come your way and has come your way already. So, um, yeah. what's, uh, what I end the show with usually is, uh, well, a bit of gear discussion, but I don't know if you have, uh, you mentioned the blue Yeti that you're doing. My gear is so basic, dude. I mean, seriously, I've got, (laughs) I've got the blue Yeti. I use GarageBand. I'm still running, um, 10.9 on my Mac. I haven't gone to Yosemite yet. Um, because I run an old copy of billings for market circle for my freelance business. And I'm afraid if I go up to Yosemite billings will break. Right. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that's just how I, that's how I roll. I I don't want my, my work machine to break. So I don't upgrade. I I usually wait about a year. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm using an old copy of GarageBand that like, I can't upgrade it anymore until I go to Yosemite. Um, and I like it. It, it, I like the wood grain. It's nice and I can (laughs) duck things and whatever. And it's, it's fine. Um, my mic, I've got a pop filter on it that doesn't seem to work too well. I set it on a cardboard box so that you can hear my elbows when they move on the table. Um, and, um, which probably adds to the ambiance of the creepy. Oh like you're talking oh, about yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. What was that noise? Yeah. Oh, it was just, he's just taking a drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, I try not to do that stuff when I'm recording, but it, but I also need to keep my arm on the, like hovered ready to hit the space bar to stop the recording. So, um, what else do I use? I, I've got headphones over the ears. They're just, uh, are not, um, audio technica. Yeah. Um, they make some good stuff. Um, yeah, that's my equipment. Which I think that's, again, um, your podcasters tend to sweat the gear and then yeah. the content comes secondary. I'm right. guilty of that. And, but I think a show like yours proves the point of focus on the mm-hmm. content and the gear because now you could, you know, theoretically you have your money, a bit of money coming in Patreon, et cetera, yeah. and a sponsor yeah. comes along and then you can buy the nice mic and you're not in the hole to begin with. And like, exactly. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. a smart way to go. And, uh, and then the other thing I'd end, end each show. Oh, sorry. I was going to say you cover, um, you host with lips and you mentioned your, I your do. files yep. are there and your, your site is with Squarespace. Um, any other interesting texts, hooks your is facebook worthwhile for your podcast has that worked out that's sort of been well i mean i don't shows. yeah i don't use it a lot in my personal life um i i use instagram and i push instagram photos to facebook for my personal account and people will comment and i'll never see it because i don't i don't i, I just don't <laughs> think to log in there yeah. um but on a whim i set up a facebook page for lore um you know, whatever it is what facebook.com slash lore podcast and y- you've got to get i think 30 likes on a page to, to get the insights that Facebook offers you. And I got enough of my friends together to, to get 30. And I, I checked today and I was, I was like close to 180. I mean, people, some people just use Facebook. That's what they use. And mm-hmm. people are liking the show and they're leaving comments and 
it's it's kind of neat. So I'm I'm learning about that myself. Um, I I prefer Twitter. That's where I I live. So yeah, to listen yeah. to uh, what's the podcast Stratechery Ben something and oh, I'm drawing a blank. I'll put a link in the show notes. But it's it's sort of a you know an, a tech finance podcast that mm-hmm. he does. And to listen, he's but he comes from the perspective of someone who lives in I want to say Japan, but um, not North America. Anyways, that's for sure. Right and. Just his perspective on the rest of the world's use of Facebook compared to what you and I probably hear from our tech bubble. Mm-hmm. Apple is the best circle that we're <laughs> we're in or whatever. Yes. And where Facebook is like spit on and disparaged and, you know, and obviously we, we all acknowledge that Facebook is used, but it's kind of like by my mom or something, you know. But, right. you know, the rest of the world, a lot of the world, I won't try and cover the whole world with that statement, but a lot of the world uses it instead of having a website, instead of having... Twitter and so, like that's the thing yeah. they're exchanging they're doing business on it setting up meetings with it. like it's very common outside of our little my I guess bubble that I tend to sort of float in and uh, mm-hmm. yeah anyways it's just been interesting and so but it still is hit and miss right now for a lot of podcasters where they don't get the engagement on Facebook so it feels like they're spinning their wheels but then other people seem to draw it in and I think I would guess a show like yours does because it allows for a discussion of an episode, let's say, and maybe that's not happening yet, but it seems to me like that could be a thing where people would be like, oh, that was so crazy about blah, 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 and, you know, going deeper on a theory or uh, something. Yeah, I think at some point I'm going to have to sit down and really brainstorm what's the next level of of listener interaction? You know, is it some sort of place where discussions can happen? Um, uh, When I put together the premium transcripts, I've got so many amazing photographs uh, that, I mean... (sighs) you should see some of the photos for this, this insane asylum one, you know, just pictures of people in, <laughs> yeah. in almost medieval looking restraints and um, the pictures of the actual lobotomies taking place are, are pretty wild. Um, that's the kind of stuff I would love to show people. You know, I think social media experts would say, Oh, post that stuff on Twitter and you know, then a link to the show and you'll get fans and it'll be viral and go around. But I also don't want to give away anything because I feel like my episodes are, they're almost like short stories. And so I don't know that I want to, yeah. I don't want somebody to sit down ready to listen already knowing that there's a photo of a lobotomy. You know it right. so I don't want to spoil it for them like I've spoiled it for you. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um and and that's the thing. I don't so much of of the episode is stuff that I want to save for that moment when somebody hits play that I don't know how to share all that good stuff yet. Um but maybe discussion groups on Facebook or something is is one of those things that happens. So yeah, it's it's not my bag, but it it works for a lot of people, and I'm happy to put stuff there. And Squarespace allows me to just push, you know, I flip a lever inside the the post setting, and when I post the episode, it just goes right to Facebook. So, yeah, so you can I don't have to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't need to use disinfectant or anything. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> okay, and so the last thing I do in the show with, and I I understand if you haven't don't have time to prep because, like we said, this was a last minute scheduling thing, but is a podcast that you listen to outside of obviously your own <laughs> and uh, and then also the apps that you listen to podcasts on uh, so i don't know if you have your mm-hmm. device of choice or whatever handy and whatever 510 yeah or, yeah i i've so like. um I, I checked your site as we were connecting through skype and and i prepped nice okay. um yeah so <laughs> i use pocket casts and I, I i know that there are other options out there um i like the i've paid for the 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 login and sync um feature in it so i can throw the web player on 
yeah, uh, while too. I'm at my desktop and, and listen to that. Do you use Pocket Cast? Yeah, I love it. I, yeah. I've tried, yeah, like uh, we know all the other ones that are out there and yeah. whatever, but yeah, it's, for me, that's the one that's stuck the I most. I don't need fancy like audio scrubbing, weird stuff. I, I want to hear it as it was intended and produced because I know what it takes to produce an episode. I know what it's <laughs> yeah. like to pour your, and I want people to hear it as it's intended. So I rarely listen to anything at, you know, 1.25 speed or 1.5 um, I do audiobooks that way sometimes, but only after the first couple chapters. I want to get you know get feel feel like I'm comfortable with the the person who's speaking, and then I'll then I'll turn the speed up a little bit. Um, but that's when you're doing like a 12 hour book, and you just want to <laughs> you want to get through it a bit quicker. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I'm in Pocket Casts. I um, for a guy who does two podcasts, I don't actually listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, mostly because when I'm working, there's a lot of typing involved and I can't listen to words being spoken while I'm typing. Yeah. Um, but on my list, I have, um, I have the, um, drive to work, the magic, the gathering podcast, um, is the most underproduced spastic episode thing you could ever listen to. It, it, it literally, it's a guy's drive to work. Um, Mark Rosewater, he's the lead designer um, and design means something very different for games than what I do. He doesn't do artwork. He like builds the concepts of the game um, at Magic the Gathering, which is a card game that's been around for, I don't know, 20, 22 years, 23 years. Um, and he's the, he's like the head of all this stuff. And so when he drives his 30 minutes to work, I think he literally sticks his iPhone in his front pocket. L- literally, I think because he still he nice. still wears the long untucked um, flannel shirts like somebody in Seattle. He works out there. Um, picture like Eddie Vedder, who's gotten a little older and he, he stuffs this uh, iPhone in his front pocket with maybe like a little, you know, lightning port or headphone jack mic and, and just rambles about a topic for the entire drive. And then he's at work and he says, all right, I got to go to work and that's it. But it's, it's deeply historical stuff on the game. So I, I like that. He's, he's a little crazy. I have to kind of pace myself with it, but, um, I like crit juice. I'm a gamer, so I like playing games. Crit juice is a bunch of semi-professional comedians who, um, have turned Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons into a drinking game. So, how do you say the name of it? Uh, Crit Juice, C R I T. Oh. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and you, you got to start at the beginning if you ever do it. But they're about an hour long, so um, they take an investment. But the ones that really get me going are ninety nine percent invisible. I mean, Roman Mars is just he's just a god of of podcast hosting. What yeah. he does, how he says it, everything, his style, his sensibility, it's perfect. So I completely respect him. He follows me on Twitter now. It's nice. so weird. Yeah, I know. It's so weird. Um, I've got these dreams of maybe someday being on Radiotopia. And uh, I, I, I think Laura would fit perfectly there. Well, so, yeah, you could totally hear, see it. Like I was thinking of that as another option or another yeah. example of this type where, where you could see one of your episodes being something that's covered on theirs. Yeah, or, or whatever. So it's that it's that storytelling, you know, well-produced podcast yeah. kind of network. And I, the only I like thing that. you need is <laughs> this is my one knock on ninety percent invisible. It's on a, is the way that they like if you said something in this interview and then I'd repeat it, just like <laughs> you said it with like extra gravitas, which right. I get like the 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 gist of that. And some like sometimes it's really appropriate because you're like, whoa, did they just say that? And then, but other times it's like you talked about a cheeseburger, and I say cheeseburger after you, and you're like. Okay, I didn't really need to. Right, <laughs> right. Anyway, if, if you approach game. a show like 99% as a audio version of like news site journalism, topical, but still like, you know, like a, finding the topical article on Yahoo or something. In some ways, that the, the way that they approach the, the material is a lot like that, you know, yeah. having quotes from people. The, their quotes just happen to be audio quotes instead of putting them in quotation marks. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but yeah I, <laughs> and I'm a designer, so I, I appreciate his slant on the show, which is exploring the architecture of certain things and, and how thoughtful design makes life better. 
Um, Criminal is a fantastic podcast. It was, it was probably the biggest inspiration behind doing lore the way I did it. Um, telling a story, setting it to music. Criminal's amazing. Um, we frequently trade places on iTunes as far as the charts go. Um, and that's always a little neat thing to smile about that there's the show that inspired me and right now I outrank it, you know? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I, like I said before, I love, um, still untitled the Adam Savage project. Um, they're out usually every week, Adam Savage and two of the guys from tested.com, um, Will Smith, not that Will Smith, um, and Norman Chan. And they, they I mean, Adam Smith, or I'm sorry, Adam Savage worked with George Lucas on Star Wars movies and he's got a huge special effects background and, uh, he likes gadgets and building things and he, it resonates with my nerd, um, maker, um, nature. So, uh, that's fun stuff to listen to. Nice. Yeah. yeah so I, good. and I do all that in pocket casts on my, on my, on my iPhone, on the computer. And I recently installed it on my iPad, just thinking that maybe like if I'm working in the basement, I can, I can have the iPad down there and playing stuff. Who knows? But, uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's a good list. And, uh, a lot of, uh, 99% invisible obviously comes up a lot, uh, from other previous guests, but, um, or maybe not, obviously I say that only cause it's a show I'm familiar with, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but yeah, a lot of the other ones are, are new, new to me anyways, and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully new to listeners as well of stuff to check out. So, yeah. um, okay. Well, in closing, where can folks find you and, uh, and follow you and all that kind of stuff on, on the internet these days? Um, the best place would be to start over at lorepodcast.com. That's L O R E, you know, like folklore, but just lore. Yeah. Um, and on the about page, there's links to follow Lore on Facebook and Twitter and also to follow me on Twitter. And I'm A-M-A-H-N-K-E. And uh, I like chatting with people. I'm not one of those high and mighties who doesn't respond to people on Twitter. <laughs> I, I think that's a dickish thing to do. And, uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So um, if you like the show, say hi and let me know. And I would, I would love to say thanks to you. So yeah, my thanks to Aaron for coming on the show. Of course, you can find all the links to everything we discussed, the podcast Aaron likes over at goodstuff.fm slash smym slash 86 and if you want to support myself and my podcasting efforts here you can visit uh, that link goodstuff.fm slash smym slash 86 see the link to a small orange if you're looking for some web hosting I can hardly recommend uh, small orange and check them out WordPress to whatever high scale app thing you might need hosted they can take care of you there's a little tutorial video there that i show uh, just basically registering your domain getting wordpress installed to your first blog post how easy it is to get all that stuff set up so check them out and then of course i have my patreon page as well just like aaron if you visit patreon.com slash ichris you can see um, ways you can support me there if you so desire I'm on Twitter, iChris on Twitter, good stuff underscore FM is good stuff's Twitter account. Show me your mic has its own as well, SMYM underscore FM. And you can email me, Chris at goodstuff.fm, if you've got questions, comments, suggestions for the show. We'll uh, be continuing the series that I sort of, not series, but um, having Kyle Roderick on a couple times again here periodically, uh, fellow good stuff uh, founder guy, and uh, just talking a bit behind the scenes with uh, running a podcast network. And we thought we'd sort of open up a little bit about some of the, the struggles and the, the triumphs and things like that. So if you've got questions about running podcast networks and sort of not just we can answer questions about podcasting, period, obviously, too, if you have those kind of questions. But I've put that out there. I haven't got a lot of response. There's a lot of podcasts that fill that that space. But maybe stuff, just dynamics of running a podcast network, you have questions about. You can either email me, chris at goodstuff.fm, like I said, or uh, or ping me on Twitter with something uh, at iChris, and we'd be happy to include it on a future episode. So I think that's it for now. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye. <laughs>